Kids, I want to speak with you for a little bit here, just for a few minutes to begin with. Um, when I was a youth pastor in Denver, Colorado, we had a, a great, great uh, youth group uh, of high school kids, and, and there was this one particular challenge that we faced. Now, I don't know if you know, but generally high schools pull from a larger area. There's more neighborhoods that it covers, and so there's far fewer uh, high schools than there are elementary schools, for instance. And so in high schools also, uh, they compete against each other in sports and in other activities like debate. And high schools have a, a greater sense of, this is my school. Uh, I'm proud of my school. And this is uh, not your school, and we're different. And it was surprising to me that in our youth group that wasn't that big, maybe about 40 kids, that um, there were eight different high schools represented. And it felt like a challenge that all these different high schools that were represented with you know, sort of different personalities and kids who felt very proud of their high schools, how are we gonna bring them together? And these high schools, just to name some of them, and you might have heard of them because one is quite famous, Columbine, Chatfield, Thunder Ridge, Bear Creek, Valor Christian, Denver Christian, Littleton High, and then even homeschool kids. All these different kids from different high schools, different kinds of seemingly education as well were, were, were brought together into this youth group. And yet it was this beautiful picture. We had to work on it to make sure the kids felt connected and got along, but it was also this beautiful picture that Jesus can bring us together and help us uh, bring us together by sharing a faith together, by worshiping God together, by learning about Jesus together. If you were here today with me, I would ask you, if you were sitting before me, and I'd ask you to, to tell me which elementary school you went to, because elementary schools, they're in, just in our church again, and we're not a big church, there's like many elementary schools represented by you guys right here in this church. And I'm going to list some of them, and, and, and you'll recognize at least the one that you go to. There's Hoover, and Weber, and Horace Mann, and Robert Lucas, and Lemmy, and Wickham, and Penn, and Grantwood, and Regina, and Schimmick, and Lincoln, and Horn, and Borlaug. I didn't even list all of them. There's, there's more. I was trying to think of the ones that were the closest ones to us. And it's, again, a beautiful picture that our church can draw together kids from all these different neighborhoods, all these different elementary schools, and we can join together in worship of Jesus, in learning about Jesus, in serving Jesus all together, and be friends together in Jesus, and held together by that thing in common. Now, what Jesus is trying to do is not just bring together kids from different elementary schools or bring together kids from different high schools and have them share a faith together. Jesus is gathering people from every tribe and language and people and nation. Now, that's a lot of differences amongst people, if you think about it. It's not just different high schools. It's not just having a different mascot. It's people of different color, of different languages, of different cultures. And Jesus wants to bring them together to worship God forever. So I hope that you keep that in mind as you follow Jesus, that our God is a God who wants to bring together different people from all around the world, that they might worship him together and find life and find hope and find love and grace through Jesus Christ. I hope you keep tuning in as we dig in deeper into our text today, um, but your parents may also excuse you, so you'll see. Um, Grown-ups and kids alike, when I preached on Revelation 21 last fall, I went through it more comprehensively, and we, we just saw this main point that since New Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem will be a, a place, a people, and the presence of God, let us seek flourishing in Christ. We were looking at the new heaven and new earth and the new Jerusalem 
um, as, as a vision for how that compels how we live now. Today, we will look at the new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem from this key theme in Revelation that we really haven't looked at yet of how God is redeeming all the nations. And we will look at the makeup of this people that God is gathering, the people who inhabit this place, the new Jerusalem, this new earth in the presence of God forever. And we're gonna see that God's calling people, again, um, from all nations, and his message is for all people and open to all nations. And we'll see that the lamb that was slain will gather people from every tribe, so let's be a people of every tribe through the gospel. Now, we've mentioned this a little bit as we dive into the text. We've seen that God's work, the nature of God's work in Revelation is clearly cosmic and universal and dealing thoroughly with sin, all who live in sin and all the structures of sin. It is cosmic and universal in nature in in that it is the fulfillment of scripture of redeeming people from all nations, redeeming all of creation itself that it's not just about souls flying around in heaven, that God wants to remake this very earth, to make it a new earth. And we hear this echo throughout um, Revelation, this echo of every tribe and language and people and nation. And it's this allusion to Daniel. Again, we've seen there's been so many allusions to the book of Daniel. So in Daniel chapter five, verses four through five, it says, and the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. So what we see here in this context is King Nebuchadnezzar as a finite fallen human being of the great superpower, Babylon, demands worship from all people and nations and languages, and yet Only God is worthy of what Nebuchadnezzar demands of all people. Now for us as sophisticated people living in a sophisticated secular society, we don't easily give our worship to an individual. We might put them on a pedestal, but we're just as ready to tear them down. We're ready to use them and then discard them. But as we see in Revelation so far, we're not so sophisticated that we don't easily fall prey to the same temptations that those in Jesus' time, those in the Old Testament times have fallen prey to. We are still seduced by power, by violence, by lies that tickle our ears, by affluence, by pleasure. We so easily trust broken humans or, or created things rather than trust the creator and redeemer himself. We are told every people from every nation, from every era has struggled with that. And it is, a, it is a universal effect that we see around us. And so as the teacher says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. And so our creator seeks to be redeemer of all nations, of all people, all tribes, all languages. Now I wonder for you, at the times that you have thought of heaven or you've thought of the new earth and the new heaven, what comes to mind What people will be gathered before the throne? What image comes to your mind? Is the image that comes to mind the people in our church? Does the image that come to mind just a a sea of white people? Does the image that come to mind be a sea of Asian people? Is the image that comes to mind a sea of all 
different colors of people. You know, I think, you know, uh, if, this, if I had asked this question in my last church in Hong Kong, probably uh, they would think, yeah, they just saw a bunch of Chinese people because that's just what our mind does. It just goes to the thing that we're most familiar with. And Revelation serves the very purpose of creating these images to jolt us out of those kinds of um, beat and trodden paths in our mind. And this echo of every nation and people and tribe in this book tells us um, that the new heaven and new earth is gonna be filled by very different people gathered in worship of God. Now it is interesting because there are variations of every nation from all tribes and people and languages in Revelation chapter 10 and 13 and 17 that are actually used negatively to describe those who choose not to follow Christ or the effects of the beast in the world on all the nations. And that again, that God has come to redeem people from all tribes, all who are suffering from sin within and without or or sin that they struggle with personally or sin that, that people are committing against them. But here, how the positive call from God for all to find life in him echoes throughout Revelation. I'm just gonna read the, the passages in Revelation that, that um, say this again and again. Revelation chapter five, nine and 10, we heard this earlier. For you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Revelation chapter seven, verses nine and 10. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages standing before the throne of God, before the lamb, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Revelation chapter 10, verse 11. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Revelation chapter 14, verse six. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. Revelation chapter 15, verses three and four. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the lamb saying, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And so we see very explicitly and very clearly, God tells us that the events in Revelation will be the complete fulfillment of what was prophesied in Isaiah and in other parts. So Isaiah 42, verses five through seven says this, and hear, hear this, hear this picture that is painted. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and, and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. God tells us that the story he has been telling throughout history and prophesied in the Old Testament with Jesus' death and resurrection at the center of it will be fulfilled by this new heaven and new earth. History, his story will be wrapped up with a new people from every tribe and language and people and nation worshiping God forever. 
the lamb that was slain will gather people from every tribe. So let's be a people of every tribe through the gospel. It's really a very simple point, but let's make a turn towards application. Theologian Richard Bauckham says this, above all, it gives life to a vision of the future drawn from the prophetic vision, but now envisioned afresh. Small groups of Christians in hostile surroundings, naturally tempted either to assimilate or to turn in on themselves, are challenged to realize that vision by taking on the whole might of the Roman Empire and winning the nations to God by their faithful witness to his truth. It's just such an amazing quote. Just as the early church was called to persevere in witness despite the temptations that they're faced it with, um, we are called to the same perseverance in our witness, verbally substantiated by our lives. It's the same call of God upon Abraham to be the father of nation, the, God, uh, the call of God upon Israel to be light to the nations as we heard of in Isaiah, the call of God upon a small ragtag group of Christians in the early church to take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. This call is simply an astounding call, an astounding ask, an astounding vision, what seems like an impossible mission. And we can feel overwhelmed with the call to share our faith with others, to share our faith with others unlike us from different perspectives and tribes and nations and languages. That feels even more overwhelming. But I want you to imagine how Jesus' disciples felt in those early days after Jesus ascended into heaven. Maybe there were a few thousand followers of Jesus. And God used them and a church of believers since to grow the follower of Jesus to a current estimate, rough estimate of Christians alive today of 2.3 billion Christians. We are in this together with 2.3 billion Christians worldwide to share our faith to every tribe and nation and language and people. We are not alone. Christ, the head of the body and the body of Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit is at work to complete this work, to create this multi-ethnic church. The lamb that was slain We'll gather people from every tribe, so let's be a people of every tribe through the gospel. We've outlined this biblical vision of the people of God coming from every nation, tribe, language, and people. So what now? Some simple things for you to consider in application. Repent for how little we have cared for this vision that God has clearly laid out to us in scripture. Secondly, ask God to give us afresh a revelation-inspired vision for multi-ethnic people of God. Wonder, number three, wonder, what part can you play in global missions? So easy for us to focus on ourselves in just our city, but God calls us to be a part of global missions as well. Wonder what part you can play in reaching more nations or in reaching people of other nations who have come right to this city to this university town of Iowa City. Be curious, number four, be curious about people from different countries that are here within our congregation. Learn about their culture, learn about the country that they come from. 
And lastly, explore how race issues or race reconciliation has kept you from a broader vision for what God is doing in this world through the gospel. I want to conclude with this reminder, a reminder of this grand gospel vision that we are left with in our text today. And I'm going to read chapter 21, verse 22 through 27. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. We, the people of God from every tribe, will dwell with God and live by his light. That's the vision that is given us. That's the vision that capture our hearts. And there will be no temple because all the walls of hostility that exist between God and man and between uh, men themselves will be torn down. We do often fall short of this gospel vision of God gathering people from every tribe and language and people and nation. Just as we confessed earlier in today's text, it's so easy for us to forget what the Lord is doing. But the blood of the lamb that was slain always covers us if we seek him by faith. We are given, we are forgiven by his grace and sent out again and again to, to bear witness to the love of Christ and his work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead in which we find life, life to the full. We are reminded again and again that we are his beloved bride bearing testimony to the lamb of God that was slain who wants to draw people from every nation and tribe and language and people. Because we are his beloved, we want more and more people, people completely unlike us and yet completely like us in their need for Jesus and his grace so that they might be restored to their creator. Let us be a people of every tribe through the gospel and remember that it is the lamb that was slain that will accomplish this vision. Let us pray.